Hello world, welcome to Hopecast. This is our podcast on spirituality, sexuality. I'm, I'm a little drunk and uh, it's queerness and wellness. That's the other thing. This is Paul in London. This is our special first birthday anniversary, one year of Hopecast. And the gang is all back together. There's all six of us here in the room for the first time in a year. So oh, let's go wow. around. Oh no, woohoo. Let's go around and introduce people from around the world. Let's start with Yasser. Hi, Yasser. Hello, everyone. Yasser here calling Lisbon. Matthew, I'm here from London. Oh, world. And Oliver from Atlanta, Georgia. Hi, I'm this in Amsterdam here. Hi everyone, Nick here in London. Look at us all together yeah. on the screen at the same time. This is so lovely. Um, how is everyone? What's been going on? <laughs> what kind of year have you had? <laughs> I feel like we've all connected in different ways and this is the first time that we've been back together all in one place and it's so gorgeous. Um, what's been making you hopeful? Maybe picking up on what I was saying before, and when we were chatting and just having been on holiday with a, a guy I'm spending some time with and going to Egypt, which is not known as being the most friendly game <laughs> destination. <laughs> Let's go for a date to Egypt. <laughs> Let's go for a date to Egypt. <laughs> um, but there was something really powerful about being literally, I think, the only gay couple in this hotel and the the sense of normalcy about it um you know we we were in a sauna one night and and one of the guys who was there the next day he was chatting with us and he was sort of joking and saying well of course you'd like being there you know the two other guys were really hot weren't they <laughs> it's like and he was straight but it was just like it was just this t total and uh sense of just acknowledging well yeah you're two gay guys there and of course you're going to like these two men you know they're really sexy and and there's just no sense of awkwardness and walking around holding arms and holding hands and uh just sort of feeling you know we can claim this space and we don't have to necessarily go to an exclusively gay resort in order to feel comfortable being us and did you agree about that like it reminds me of one it was during lockdown i remember having coffee with um one of the trainers from the gym and saying oh I can't wait for the gym to open again. What I really miss is, and he went, the changing rooms. <laughs> and I was like, actually, no, I meant the structure, but yeah. And so I kind of denied it when actually that was part of the reason. <laughs> but I was like, no, I'm not going to admit to that for a straight man. Like, did you just fess up and go, yeah, the sauna was amazing? Yes. Yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> Claim that space. What about others? What's been making people hopeful lately? I think um, approaching spring and the weather getting much nicer. I know we always go on about weather, but like it's doing wonders for the mental health, seeing the sun and the blue sky and just being like, oh my God, I can start wearing shorts and t-shirt again and not wearing gloves every time I get on my bike because my hands are going to freeze. Um, so yeah, there's longer nights, the clocks have gone back. Is that right? Yeah, they've gone back the longer days. Um, that's bringing me hope right now. Does your drag outfit change according to the seasons? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the 
outerwear will do if I'm if I need to stay warm in the cab on the way to the to the gig. Yes, but inside it's just straight off. It's hot girl summer all year round. Friend. You know what? It's been hot girl winter and it's hot girl spring. It's hot all <laughs> hot girl. Winter. Honestly, it's nonstop. I saw something. Someone said it's short king spring. Like it's oh. a good it's a good time to be a short man. Oh. I thought, well, fucking finally. It's taken oh, long I'm enough. Here. I'm here for it. Well, yeah, that's good for me. <laughs> Are you here for Oliver as a short king or as a short king fan? Short king, I'm 5'5". Five five. No. no. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Well, 5'5 five five and a half. Okay. <laughs> so. I always imagined you much taller. Just mm. imagine you okay. be really big and he is. No, I'm short AF, yeah. Wow. Short nice. King Spring, it's all about you. That part. Wow, who knew? How cute. Like a pocket gay. Yeah, definitely. Love me my pocket gays. <laughs> <laughs> that really surprised me. I honestly thought you were taller. Really? Hmm. Well, I guess we're never standing up on these things, so it's hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool. As a fellow yeah. five foot five, I salute you. From the are same you five foot five? Yeah. Really? I, I actually think that. I'm about five foot four and a half, but I would say five foot five. <laughs> when I put it officially, I'm five foot six. <laughs> <laughs> That's in the heels. Of five foot seven in heels. <laughs> Adorable, both of you! Yay! Warms my heart. Oh. And what's been making you hopeful, Oliver? Apart from short king spring. <laughs> um, I think just approaching things that are hard in life just makes me, uh, I don't know, I, I'm just hopeful about it because it, like approaching things that I've been putting off for years and then finally facing it is like amazing. So, and I'll tell you why. So this last few days I was in Orlando, Florida, and I was actually visiting my first love and his current partner and I stayed with them for a week and didn't really have anything planned but that city was Orlando was a really transitional time in my life like I was leaving religion I was you know really trying to figure out who I was in life and um you know relationships gone bad and just all of those things happening at all at once and I didn't want to go back and I went back. It was rough the first night, but thankfully I had meditation and all the tools that I had. And, you know, after that, it was cool. And, um, you know, it just wasn't as bad as I thought. So, um, you know, I was just happy to be able to experience it and not having the uh, fear and anxiety that would have occurred 10 years ago. So it was an amazing experience. How do you feel now you're back? Um, I'm just appreciative of where I am now. Um, I think all the, the, the sadness that I felt when I first got there, it was like reliving that period of life all over again. Like I was like almost in the same state of mind back then. And it was frightening and it was just a lot, but I was able to feel all those feelings and not like drink it away or party it away it was just i was i felt all the feelings all at once in the same moment and just facing it made things a lot, a lot easier so i was just thankful for where i am um 
thankful for my current partner, thankful for the house. I was just thankful for everything. So mm. it was just really nice. As, as I'm obviously the least spiritual one of the group, I do want to say something scathing about your partner's new partner, but I'm not going to do that because I'm better than that. That's what Hopecast has taught me. You don't always have to go for the low, the low joke. But I'm oh, no. sure, yeah. No, they're great. They're great. Yeah. I'm happy for them. Yeah. Yeah. Even though he's not as good as you. Um, how about the taller end of our spectrum? How have you been doing? What's been making you hopeful? Which one is the tall one? I think you and Yasser are pretty much equal, aren't you? I've always thought Anders is, is a pocket gate too. How tall are you, Anders? Six feet. No way. Uh, oh my God, I thought you were like... This is messing with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're six feet, really? Yeah, it might be a tiny bit more even. I don't know. I 182. 1.82 <laughs> meters. Oh, oh Lord. Mind blown. There was... There was a photo that I saw of you and I was like, he's a giant. Like I would have said like 6'3". Well, I don't know. Maybe you saw a photo of me that I posted on my birthday that was posted by my friend and it was with the like zoomed out uh, function okay. on the iPhone and then I looked pretty extended. <laughs> yeah, you did look like you had leg extensions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so you must be close. You must be what, 5'11"? Six hmm. We've met Paul. I mean, we, well, I guess I towered over you, but I'm only five, about five, eight and a half. No. Yeah. No way. It's larger than life. <laughs> <laughs> you left a taller impression. Oh. Well, Matthew, how tall are you? I'm like five, eight and a half, five, nine. So we're about the same, but oh my gosh. And Nick, Nick, I met you and you were a bit yes, taller than you should be. I imagine he's yeah. sort of skinny. I don't know why. Hmm. Oh gosh, this is all messing with me so much. But Andy won Anders, six foot Anders, six foot three. Oh my gosh, you've grown up. You're no longer a baby gay. <laughs> yeah, this time I'm last year he was only five foot three. Deeply, <laughs> deeply Scandinavian. <laughs> yeah, so I think I, I come in at 5'11". Oh really? So Anders is Ooh. even taller than you? <gasps> cool. We'll just make a chart at some point. Anders. Yeah, <laughs> and then we can put in like landmarks like the Eiffel Tower or <laughs> a Hobbit. <laughs> we'll all be on there somewhere. So yeah, what's been making you hopeful? In in how is the weather up there? Now, now we're talking to <laughs> to me up here, six feet above the ground. Uh, no, but I am. Um, uh, just like Hopecast, I have also just celebrated my birthday on the mm. 6th. So I had a little uh, journaling moment where I just sort of went through what I had done in my 31st year or 32nd, I guess. Yeah, I turned 32. So just summarized the year and that made me feel um, a bit hopeful. You know, I feel like I'm, I've set a bit of direction and uh, yeah, just uh, assumed my creative ultimate form a little bit uh over the past year but yeah so that feels nice hmm. how does it feel being 32 uh it feels the same <laughs> as it did before 
I am very happy. Someone wished me a happy 23rd as a joke. And I actually really felt very happy that I'm not 23 anymore. So that was also a good moment. <laughs> I thought you were about to say I felt glad. Because there is that thing, isn't there? That kind of assumption that everyone wants to be younger or wants to be perceived as younger. I think looking, yeah. but maybe not being. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but also my sister-in-law sent me photos from my 20th birthday party that she somehow had. And I was just uh, deeply, deeply happy that I don't look like that anymore. Were you like a very tall fetus? Because <clears throat> you look young now. I can't imagine you looking 20. People would have been like, who's the child? Yeah. <laughs> A little bit child, a little bit, why is that hair so long and emo bangs? And oh. why is he wearing a vest? <laughs> we need to see these photos. Yes. And you will not. <laughs> we'll find them on the internet. I wonder if that's possible. Oh, give Maybe me I can, I, I can, I can, I can share one later. Oh. We promise not to post it anywhere. <laughs> um, and how about you, Yasser? What's making you hopeful well, lately? I'm, well, I'm feeling hopeful that there's more pocket gays in the world than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and what Matthew said is always also makes me hopeful, right? The warm weather, the birds chirping, the longer days. Yeah, the earth kind of spins, it does its thing, right? No matter what, what we think or want, it's just moving on its how many hundreds of thousand miles around the sun? Someone's sort of hopeful about that, you know. Nothing we can do can stop or change it. What's um, what's your plans for this year? Like, are you planning on traveling now that things feel a little bit different, or are you going to be spending more time in Lisbon? Like, what's your what's your what's your itinerary for twenty twenty two? Ooh, travel itinerary. Well, I'll, I'm probably going to come to London for a bit to see my parents since it has been a while and quite difficult to visit. So I'm going to try and come in the spring for a bit. And then at some point, I've got to make a trip back to the US, take care of some things. And in between, we'll just see what happens. No huge plans. Sounds good. Yeah. So I am, um, the thing that's made me hopeful and also a little bit scared and which is why I'm bringing it here. I went to my first ever radical fairy gathering this week. And I'm not sure what to make of it, if I'm honest. And there's a bit of me that feels like my mind is blown completely off my shoulders. There's a bit of me that feels like maybe I've joined a cult and might need to be deprogrammed in a year's time. Um, and there's a bit of me that feels really excited about what they represent and what how they are in the world so yeah i'm kind of feeling a bit like mm, you know when you i don't know maybe when you meet someone for the first time and you think mm, is there potential here or are they going to reveal themselves to be a serial killer i'm kind of on that fence and and yet they all they have done is show up with huge amounts of welcome and beauty which I guess you would do if you were a cult wouldn't you you wouldn't kind of put people off and so I'm kind of a bit mixed about it because I want to believe that it can be that true and that nice 
Mm. I also feel a bit, hmm, I don't know, it's odd. There was drumming involved. I'd never drummed. I think if I'd known there was drumming, I probably wouldn't have gone in the first place. So when the drums came out, I was a bit kind of like, oh, God. Uh, but then I got really into it. And and I realised, like, I, I, I know that within this group, I kind of joke about being the least spiritual and probably am. But I still feel like even in this group, I'm, you know, there's bits of me that are not that normal. And I feel like in other spaces I go to, I'm kind of maybe a bit marginal, a bit, you know, to, towards the edge. And I like that. And I was sitting in the space the other night and I kind of was like, oh, I am, I've just hit another edge because this is so not who I've been. And I felt like I was wearing a straight jacket. I felt like I was in this most constrained body. And actually what I could see in front of me was people being completely free and unapologetic and unbothered about how they might be seen. And immediately I thought, God, this is the place I really need to be and I feel so out of place. And so I'm still, you know, even though it was like four days ago, I'm still sort of processing it really because there's a bit of me that feels like I've fallen a bit down a rabbit hole and gone, my God, there's this whole community of people who don't necessarily live by the rules and who make up their own names and dance and make music. And, and we were in the back, like the, the back room of a pub. Um, and by the end of it, I was, you know, I was ready to sign up and, you know, whatever I need to do, donate my body to science or whatever they do. Because it was so beautiful at the end. Everyone was just so together in community and all of that. And I walked through the other bar to go to the toilet. And immediately, you know, I'd gone from this space where people were drumming. Someone had a fucking didgeridoo at one point. I mean, I don't know how they got it there. But there was people playing the clarinet and bells and dancing and drumming and all of that. And I walked into the other bit of the pub and they were playing Carly Rae Jepsen. And, you know, no shade to Carly Rae Jepsen, but it sounded so synthetic compared to what I'd come from. And as I walked through the pub, people who were all sitting together were all on their phones, not talking to each other. And I thought, oh, I've just been in a room for three hours with people who I've never met and no one was on their phone for three hours. And it was like this immediate, you know, like in the Matrix when they get unplugged. Mm. And I thought, oh, that's not real. That space where like the music is so loud that you can't speak to each other and people aren't even speaking to each other. They're all on their phones anyway versus the space where it was just completely organic and natural and all about connection. And it was weird because I suddenly went, oh my God, what what world am I living in? So yeah, I feel a bit, the reason I say I'm hopeful is that I think actually that's really exciting that there is this space, but it's also thrown me a bit because I thought I was quite cool. <laughs> Not cool, but you know, I thought I was quite, you know, different. And then being in a room for the people who are so different made me feel massively ordinary. And I was like, ooh, I'm not sure how I feel about that. So yeah, it's an odd thing. I'm going to their next drumming circle, a full moon drumming circle in a couple of weeks. You may never see me again. Who knows? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I'll leave a 
a number with someone in case you have to come and like rescue me but yeah talk about a, a window into another world it's really funny you've um you've gone to that i've been on their newsletter for like two plus years because it's something i've always found fascinating i don't even remember where i first heard of of the radical fairies but like I was like obsessed. This is like this is my vibe, but I've never got I've never got round to because every time I read the email, I'm like, am, am I gonna go into this? I feel like if I do, I'm I'm gone. Like this this I always say like this world just doesn't feel like this society does not feel like it matches with what I want to be living in. Um, so yeah, that's really interesting. I'm gonna have to come to the next drum circle, get myself initiated. Bye world. <laughs> And, yeah, no, I don't know. Um, I've been involved. Yeah, I've been involved with them for a few years now. Um, so, so they do a summer festival. Well, actually, it's probably about five or eight years, something like that. Um, but um, they they have a summer festival, which has has been really amazing. Obviously, over COVID, it's not it's not been happening. <clears throat> but it is it is this creation of this alternate universe really you go to the festival and you just feel that you step into this parallel queer universe where you really just have people uh, sort of creating themselves um, either wearing whatever they want to wear or or, or being naked and you know it's it was one of the first spaces where I was able to really explore naturism <clears throat> and it wasn't that it was segregated off into some other area where it's like well you can you can be naturist down here behind the dunes it's like literally you'd be so the festival would have different workshops and you might be exploring queer tantra or you know the history of this or that or um sexuality or bdsm or, or sort of activism it's like the the festival is amazing because basically there's so many different events going on you can you can see yourself taking shape by the, the different workshops that you might get drawn to. But you, I'd be going to a workshop just like you know, naked and then other people would be dressed. And there was just this total sense of, you know, the body isn't something to be ashamed of. And if, if one person wants to be naked in that space, that's totally cool. And um, they had the sacred sexuality temple, which is basically the sort of orgy tent. Um, so you sort of have this whole sense of having a space where you can you can go in and, and just explore sort of connecting with, with other people who are all there to, to be very open and, and, and uh, expressive. And it is this and the dancing, the drum circles. I, I don't go a lot because I think a bit of me, I'm, I'm constantly, I'm a bit like you, Paul, even with these years on, I'm on the edge. But... Um, I used to go to the drum circles in Vauxhall and there was always something about that feeling of, you know, the the rhythm of the drums and people expressing themselves just through creating this rhythm and then others of us dancing in the circle um, and it being this real sort of sense of queer, pagan, uh, free expression of yourself with... with you know, no, no demands really. I mean, in that sense, it's not a cult in that you're not expected to take on any beliefs. You know, some people will call themselves, um, you know, Maisie Dandifly, um, and you know, other people will just use their everyday name. And um, 
it's funny when I, I took a friend there and I said to him I always feel a bit square because like we're going around the circle and everyone's saying their name and it's like you know someone will say hello my name's Marshmallow and and then I say hello my name's Nick and it's so like I think hmm, I've never really chosen a a fairy name and it was so sweet because when it came to his turn and it was like you know and who are you and he said my name's Marshmallow oh. <laughs> so his fairy name for years then was Marshmallow <laughs> I had that exact same feeling I, I you know sitting around the circle there was like a mermaid and an archer and a clove and I was like Paul and, and you know I'd always had a bit of a thing with my name just because I thought god is that the best they could do they gave me one syllable and no middle name so there's always been a bit of like mm, not sure about this and then I came away and thought well what would I choose like what would I give myself if I was able to go back and just say yeah my name is something so I settled on sunflower because I thought I quite like sunflowers and that's there's something kind of nice and sunny about them so yeah I'm going to try that out next time I'm I'm in, I'm like you, Matthew. I'm in. Like you know, honestly, you're gonna have to fish me out of this one. Um, but I also think there's, for me, it's not so much about becoming like that. It's about becoming more me. Like as I was sitting with the drum, which I'd never done ever. So immediately I was going, oh, I'm not doing it right. I can't do this. You know, I, I was going through this whole kind of inner critic of like, oh, I'm shit at this. And then I saw people dancing in the middle. And there was this one guy at one point who was just kind of standing with his arms up, with his eyes closed. And I was like, he doesn't care what I'm drumming. Because he doesn't care about anything. You know, he just, he was like that. There was just such a sense of freedom from judgment and criticism. And I thought, like, why am I sitting, giving myself, I'm here. Why am I giving myself a hard time about not being able to drum properly? So I think for me, it's a kind of a process of letting go of stuff and yeah, loosening, loosening up. They said at the beginning, you know, it's a space where you can come and play. And I was like, oh, play? Someone better tell me the rules, you know? And immediately I was like, I want structure. I want, you know, so yeah, I feel like I'm curious about what might happen if I spend a bit of time in that world and how it might help me to let go of some old, you know, crappy habit. What when you hear that, Anders, coming from not that religion is a cult, but you know, coming from quite a structured kind of thought system, like does this have you got red flags going up poles? It's funny because I wanted to uh, say that it actually sounds very familiar. Uh, with I mean, growing up in a Pentecostal church, there's a lot of uh, kind of. Uh, abandoning yourself to music and the beat really? of drums and uh, sort of doing your own thing uh, in a state of uh, slight ecstasy, I suppose. Okay. Um, so to me, that sounds pretty comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I hadn't really, I mean, it's been a long time since I've been in that space uh, from, from my childhood and teenage years but um it is actually I don't know I I think it's similar I mean there's definitely clothes on the whole time in church but um I wouldn't I don't think I would feel super super alien in that space I'll just have to think of a a name and the names are all very, or not all, but the theme I picked up was it's very kind of elemental, you know, nature, kind of 
that kind of thing. So I, I, I couldn't have said, you know, Sonos or something, just because I looked at my Sonos speaker. It felt like actually it needs to be rooted in the natural world. <clears throat> so, yeah, let's watch this space. If I don't ever show up on another podcast, then <laughs> Sunflower has left the building. But this is our one year anniversary. So congratulations on getting to one year. And I had, I was holding two questions as I was kind of coming into the space. One was, who were you this time last year? And who do you dream to be this time next year? I think I can hop in uh, because it's, I thought about it again that um, Hopecast came into being, I think, just a few months or weeks after I had sort of written down that I wanted to join or start a podcast. And um, I didn't really have an idea of what I really wanted something like that to look like. Uh, and I was just in this space where I had reflected and thought about what do I um, want to do and say and uh, be part of. And um, that was also when I had started being more uh, maybe actively trying to grow my queer spaces as well. So I just, um, I think it was a really, you know, stars, stars aligning moment uh, for this to, to begin. So um, for myself last year, that was a bit of a beginning moment. And then this, this journey got to begin at the same time. Um, or is that two years ago? I don't know. No, we've gone yeah, for I mean, a year. I feel like last year was 2019. I mean, you know. yeah, <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, just starting things. I mean, it just feels uh, like it's all aligned very well. And, uh, and do you remember what was, what were some of the things that were getting you to that place? Like, why were you thinking, oh, I need to be in more queer spaces? I think just maybe coming to terms with or uh, uh, acknowledging to myself that that is uh, this is my people uh, which I maybe hadn't uh, necessarily denied before but maybe not so actively tried to uh, tend to uh, and just wanting to get to know that and uh, be able to, I don't know, claim a space within this space. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And that's something, yeah, I feel like I've definitely, I've received that and become more interested in being in that more. So, I mean, that's something I look at more within like my local community and seeing, you know, what, what exists, what can I, where can I um, find this, uh, which was not really a thing I did before. So I want more of that also for the future. Speaking of like, where do you see yourself? Uh, yeah, just uh, dressing myself more in that, I suppose. I, I'm, you know, I wouldn't even see where do you see yourself. It would, I would say, where do you dream to be? Because when you see yourself, that has to be realistic. Yeah. Where do I dream to be? I just, it's all recently just like 
vaguely all about creativity and creating art and uh, making things. So uh, I dream to be in a in a place I've created. Space. It's all space related too, mm-hmm. for me at least. I don't want to go to space, but I want to be there. <laughs> others, who were you a year ago? I think I was in a similar space. Like, uh, do I have an echo? I hear an echo. Okay. Anyhow, so um, I also had this um, this idea of being on a podcast. Um, and I didn't know how I would start it. I didn't know if I was going to be animated or extroverted enough to continue it. Um, but um, being a part of this experience with you all has really opened me up to being more vocal about um, spirituality in general and learning from you all and your experiences. And um, I, I think it's just helped me to grow. And especially I'm, I'm reflecting on that because I'm turning 40 in two months. So there's just a lot of transformation happening. And I think this was a major part of, you know, my, um, you know, me becoming a butterfly or whatever, being more free. Have you done any major changes this year? Because apparently people make the biggest changes in years that end in a nine. Um, no major changes. It's just, um, I guess I've made the changes over like the last nine years and it's just now being open to the next nine years of changes, I guess, and being comfortable and, um, I guess setting my laying the foundation for me to be open to those changes later on. So, um, yeah. Who do you dream to be in a year? Hmm. I know a few uh, podcasts ago, we were talking about what we would do if no one were looking. (laughs) And I was like, well, yeah, I would just be naked all the time. And I just, I guess I want to be that person that, you know, not necessarily walking out in public naked, but just being more, having a mindset of being more free and to, um, I guess learning to, learn to be more free every day. And I was just looking up what a radical fairy was. I had no idea there was this group and there's one in Atlanta. So that might be something to, you know, look into and exploring that part of myself. See, this is how it starts. It's, <laughs> it's this pyramid scheme of cultishness. <laughs> I'm here for it. <laughs> when I... I don't know why, but when I think of us as a group, I think, Nick, you're the one who I feel is the most settled. Is that the right word? I don't know about settled. Even though you've been moving, or for what (laughs) seems like a year, I feel like when I think of you a year ago, I see you very constant. Is that how it feels to you? Or do you feel like you've, you've been someone else over the last year? 
really interesting. I, I was thinking about that. And there's a couple of things that really impacted me this year. One was a meditation from Yasser. Um, and another is a book, Existential Kink. And something I got from my experience in the monastery and that, that six years of, of training is that I do have a sense that the only place I am is here. So, you know, I am simply this moment <laughs> as it's um, unfolding. Um, so that, that does give me a sense of feeling quite at ease being here in the present um, with whatever's going on, whatever mayhem. And, you know, it's like my teacher said, you know, mindfulness is about building a container to hold the chaos. So I sometimes think I may be a bit more like the swan that is gliding across the lake, but you don't see the, la the legs underneath doing all the work. <laughs> it's like there's actually quite a lot sometimes going on just to maintain this sense of ah, just be here. Mm. Um, but the thing that Yasser did was a, a guided meditation and he then kindly shared the, the original version of it where it's about visualizing yourself in the future, imagining yourself uh, in like 10 years time or unfolding into this other expression of yourself. And it's like, you know, how would you be? How would you like to be if you could just, con you know, if you could almost like just wave a wand and imagine yourself a bit like the fairy space. It's like if you could just walk into this imaginary space and, and suddenly just be, there are no limitations now. I can be whoever I wish to create. Um, and that was a very powerful meditation for me. Um, you know, if I do, if I think back a year ago, I was in a slightly unpleasant um living situation i i've had five months of really being homeless and, and and sort of trying to find somewhere to live um and feeling that i just was struggling and i couldn't do it and everywhere i looked at was either too expensive or didn't work and then i did the meditation from yasser where it was about looking forward and i think the version he did or the version he shared with me had this thing of like looking forward and seeing yourself as you would like to be and then having the sense of that that persona coming and standing with me. And then as I took a step forward, they met and embraced and uh, that sense of my future self, uh, you know, and after all, whatever you can imagine is what you can become. So it was that sense of this, like, ah, oh. so suddenly I went from this thing, like, I'm just someone, I just like, I've got this history of never finding anywhere to live, always finding somewhere that's a bit, bad when I do move into it, of constantly having to move, of um, London so, ex and then there's a narrative, London so expensive, how will I ever find anything? <clears throat> so firstly, that meditation gave me a sense of, I can find something, I can be some, I can be someone who feels established, can have a home. Um, I'd never had a flat to myself, I'd always shared or been in some sort of house share. And I thought, no, I want a flat on my own. Um, and then I did The Existential Kink as well, which was this really great book, but it's it's sort of, it's the idea is that, you know, what we have in our shadow is what we're projecting out into the world and what we then live or what we draw to ourselves. And her approach 
is rather than rejecting it or trying to fix ourselves or make ourselves so we don't have these things happening it's like to turn towards it instead and go like wow subconscious it's like just like just like with bdsm there's this kinky pleasure in saying no but really being like oh yeah yeah <laughs> do it to me um uh, so it's the same thing with life. It's like it's being like, oh wow, it's like subconscious. This whole thing about being homeless and like that, that I was in temporary accommodation. I didn't have anywhere to live. My stuff was all in storage, and I just turned towards that with this approach of it's like, oh wow, it's like, what does it feel like to really be deeply in this place of, you know, subconscious? You've done this so well. This is like just amazing. This experience of that you've created of homelessness, all my stuff in storage, I've got nothing here. It's like, I, I, I don't even know when I'm going to find somewhere. It's like, wow, this is just like amazing. You do this really well. And I sort of sat with her meditation around that. And the idea is it creates this alchemical shift where when you fully open, when you stop resisting, it allows something instead to open um, or transition. Um, and it was about a month after doing all of that and Yasser's meditation where I just saw myself being someone who was settled in a home, you know, someone that could afford to be in his own flat, who was doing work that was bringing enough income in for all of that. Um, and then this flat where I am at the moment appeared and, and I was able to get it. Uh, so there's definitely been some sort of, there's definitely, if I look, compare the two years, you know, a year ago I was living somewhere with a mad landlady who was like a really awful living situation um, and literally having people walking past my door all the time because it was a shared hallway and I didn't have my own space. I couldn't just close the door and be in my own space. And now I'm here. I've got my own space. Got to bloody work out how to pay for it all but <laughs> it's like um you know but there's a sense of confidence that well yeah that's fine I've got I've got the skills um you know I keep stepping back into that sense of of what Yasser's meditation gave me I've got the skills I can step into being that in fact I am that person I don't even have to step into being that person I am that person um, but I just have to invite that to be here, a bit like being in the radical fairy circle, you know, one moment you're standing on the outside thinking, can I really jump into this? Can I drum? Can I dance? And then there's something about just let go of all that constructed idea of yourself and, and, and just let whatever is your essence express itself. How is it to hear that, Yasser, about the impact that that had? Well, I'm very touched by it, and I remember the meditation, and Nick and I think we did it together. Um, but it's lovely when you see those things, and it's nothing original I came up with, um, when you see those things actually play out in people's lives. And it's not just a nice meditation, and then you go back to life, it actually becomes something that's part of your life. There's sort of a parallel life meditation, if you all have these parallel tracks, we can be on at any time. And if you're willing to jump into the woo-woo space a bit, it's really safely at any point you can choose any of those parallel lives. It's almost like a, a metaverse. I mean, you know, these theories about us existing in parallel universes infinitely. So it's that. And so that being of you, if it doing all that is there, and all you have to do is like highways, and you just have to bring the two highways together. 
Kuchnik did. And, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's lovely to hear these things work in that way and that we can, we can, we can come from, it's basically coming from, when we say, here's who I want to be a year from now, I want to be this, or I want to be, you know, meditating and leading a lot of people, I want to, you know, achieve this, whatever it may be, it's the it's a place to come from, not a place to reach or stretch for. So if I have this vision of my successful self, then what's stopping me from being that now eternally? And so the future is a place to come from, not to get to. And then when you bring that beingness here, then your pathway forward changes. So it sort of plays with time and which is again, time anyway is a bit of a fallacy. You know, past, present, future all really pretty much exist at the same time. So it's a way to to come from the future, not stretch towards it. So that that might be a good topic for another podcast at some point. Yeah, yeah that's very happy. And do you remember who you were a year ago? Yeah, it's a good question. You know, I have to look at the calendar because I've gotten the years confused with the pandemic. I still do that. Did I move here? Had I been here too? Very strange. But in April of last year, I had just been in Portugal four months. I had just gotten my residency permit in February. And I just moved into a new, new apartment. So it was all very new and fresh. Everything was in lockdown. No one was vaccinated back then. It's hard to imagine. There was a vaccine. There wasn't a vaccine. And so it was just exploring this beautiful city um, in lockdown and just walking around. And it was, it was different and strange. And it, I think the pandemic and lockdown would have made it strange anywhere, right? We all felt this isn't our world, but to then be in a new place, which you don't know, exploring in the pandemic just for a different level of, you know, um, I don't know what, but it was new. So I didn't know what Lisbon was like without the pandemic because I only got to know it in the pandemic and people said, oh, but usually it's packed with people and it's lively and jovial. And I couldn't imagine it because everything was empty. And I have to say, there's a part of me that really likes that. I love seeing buildings and public spaces bereft of people. I think they're more beautiful that way. <laughs> Not that I'm a misanthrope, but that's how I saw it for months and now it's a different story, but it was all new and different and exciting and in the hope cast when that happened i think it became a way to sort of have an ongoing connection or friendships just something to bring some structure and not i wouldn't say stability but a way to engage in this deep meaningful way rather than isolate we're all doing really good an avenue to connection so i'm really thankful for that and as i look back i just realize you know, it felt so alive, it felt exciting. Yes, there was a pandemic, but I had left the United States in the middle of a pandemic, packed my bags and come to a new country site unseen. That felt pretty damn brave. Mm -hmm. you know, so I just love, love, love that, that I did that. And so as I looked forward a year, um, you know, I haven't really created a grand vision. I think it's just been even more sense of settled, I moved to a new place, having that feel like home, building community is important. I've realized it's really important to have friendships. So I'm beginning to build community here, learn the language, which I stumbled with and didn't do very well, but I'm finally back on that. This feels like everything is coming to fruition. So 
you know, it's it's just that, and uh, nothing grand. I mean, I've all got all these trajectories of things I want to achieve, and you know, I want to do more coaching, of course, do more in the meditation space. But it seems more of an unfolding and a flowering of what is, as opposed to oh, there's something that I really want to do that's so different, hmm. or that has been out of reach. No, this feels like an unflowering, unfolding of everything I've wanted. It's taken 50 plus years to get here. Not that I held this vision as a child, but I think you get to the point where he was talking about just being present and in the moment, I think several of us were. You just kind of are in your own unfolding and flowering and the unfolding and unflowering becomes more beautiful and different and shifts. But it's that same energy in the same place of truth and um, truth and trust, if you will, and then knowing your place in the universe, knowing your belonging, and then whatever unflowers and unfolds, just unflowers and unfolds. You don't have to go anywhere. Mm. You don't have to go looking for it. It's just all happening. And then others come and sniff your flowers and take it however you want. Um, or you offer your flowers to someone or, you know, it's just this, this garden has been planted, the earth has been tended, the seeds have been planted, the swan has been swimming along its feet, doing all the inner work for decades. And it doesn't mean it's over. It does mean it just feels like it gets a bit easier. And to, and to speak to what Nick was saying, I don't want to ramble on too long, this whole shadow side stuff, he, he mentioned a book, and I think Matthew did as well, Existential Kink, and I've been reading them. It's also, wow, it's just really shifted me in some ways and quite profoundly that I hadn't examined before. And it's, it's really giving some results as well as I read and practice the meditations quite often in general about it and find that it's, it's just opening up new ways around the personal growth and the learning. So I'm really grateful for that. Not just being okay with things that I think I don't want, but realizing on some deep level I do want those. Embrace the things I don't want. Yeah, at some level you do. I think they say in the book, wanting, having is evidence of wanting. And so just looking to that has been really powerful. So in terms of growth, that's that's an avenue of unfolding where there's much to discover and, and learn. Mm. I'm looking yeah. forward to reading it. I downloaded it to my Kindle, but I haven't read it yet. Is the author still alive? She is, yeah. And she's just a few, just a few YouTube talks and things. I mean, she seems relatively young, in fact. You know. Maybe we'll see if we can get her on as a guest and tell her how she's affected us once I've read it. Thank you, sir. Matthew, you were like a year ago, sort of March, April time. I think we were still in lockdown. I think you were just emerging back into the world. I remember us coming to see you at West Five when you were back on stage and that was like your first outing. Like, who were you then after being cooped up for that long? Yeah, like hearing you, <clears throat> hearing you all talk about all of this stuff a year ago, like we were still in, I think when this was formulated, we were still in like peak lockdown and like, mm. January, February for me was really tough. Like I wasn't able to work, like I was barely able to see friends. It was freezing cold. Um, and I was really not in a good headspace. Like, thank God for online therapy at the time because it, there was a lot, there was a lot going on. Um, so this, yeah, this whole pod, I can't believe it's, that feels like so much longer. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm really trying to like comprehend that right now that it was only a year ago. 
because um, I think from when everything started reopening again and then it was like gradual and then there's a bit more each stage has felt like much longer than it really is but this year is flying like mm. from January to now I because everything's very much reopened and like life feels busier than it was pre-pandemic for me I'm still adjusting and I feel like my brain is not caught up just yet um so this time last year there was two sides like I was really enjoying the like calm the time um the space to to work on myself on reflection um the time to like do some personal growth like having having that time to really like look inside and and do my therapy online was a blessing um and and not have work not being pulled from social engagement to like everything it was just like yeah but equal, on the on the flip side it was so hard because of not being able to work and money was um not flowing um and seeing people was really difficult so it definitely had its its ups and downs but i i'm looking back at it now thinking wow how lucky were we to find this space that we have here in that time of such madness truly madness um and i think definitely relate to both what um anders and oliver said about this i think me a year ago was still maybe not reluctant but maybe anxious to take up space for my voice to be heard um questioning whether my story was worth telling or like i shouldn't uh didn't deserve maybe taking up space and i've realized especially since starting this podcast that i have so often sacrificed my own needs and wants for other people and i've put other people before mine um for a long long time um and really like stepping into owning my thoughts owning my journey and really like owning myself and not being ashamed of that i think this last year and yeah i keep saying like i can't believe it's been a year because i'm looking back at me then thinking wow the, the journey's been crazy since then and then also the journey prior then i was like wow i've grown so much but i think this last year has been monumentally um expansive in terms of personal growth and like i think a lot of that's to do with this group in particular it's to do with the meditation it's to do with my therapy training everything just feels like it's the dial has gone up in in discovering who i am and like what i want um and not being afraid to to want more and like this yeah again this group has definitely been a massive part of owning that and not being afraid to say i want more and i deserve more um and it's it's so i think every time we like come on and chat about stuff and have these discussions it's like yeah like it's just constant bolstering and like emboldening of of my character and it's like yeah you need to look after yourself you can't you can't keep sacrificing to please other people and you need to know what's going to make you happy and if that's if that's in um contradiction to what other people might might think is what's best for you then you need to trust your own instincts and your heart um because that's what's going to bring you fulfillment and contentment not not trying to please other people 
so yeah that's that's the place I was coming from a year ago um and yeah I'm really really grateful today to feel like I have stepped so far into that I feel like there's still maybe a little way to go but I feel like I know who that person is now I feel like they're with me and it's just it's just like the moments when I'm doubting myself or feeling the inner critic to be like, no, you've got this, like, you've always had this, but now you know, you know what that is. And you don't be afraid to like, take that inner child, that that person who was left behind for a while and like bring them to walk side by side and not leave them behind. Um, and in terms of where I want to be in a year, I think maybe just like integrating that part of myself and, and maybe li listening less to the inner critic to, to doubt myself less and really just trust the trust the journey. Like I know all the things I want are going to come and trusting that that's that's the path it's, that's that's ahead. I'm just walking it and um, it feels less like striving for an end goal and just enjoying the ride and embracing all of that. Uh, forgotten or like shadow stuff uh, incorporating it moving forwards and um, yeah just really consistently and, and being stable in that ownership and I said at the beginning of the year ownership is something that I'm most uh, keen to develop um, of self and just being secure in who I am Walking that path in six inch heels. Yes, or seven, who knows? <laughs> yeah, aim high. <laughs> Fuck yeah, let's go ten. <laughs> I think, what do I think? I think that I, I kind of almost want to define what I wasn't, which is odd, rather than what I was. But I definitely, a year ago, I wasn't the kind of person who would have conversations about spirituality. I wasn't the kind of person who would necessarily have conversations with people who were that different to me, I guess, or people whose experiences were so radically different in terms of where we're from, how we were brought up, what we believed. Mm. I don't think I was the kind of person who would put stuff out there for other people to listen to that I might curl my toes out a bit and then be okay with it. And I think all of that shifted through this because it's created a space where I can do that. But I think I was definitely the person who was kind of a, a, a border of something, having been part of the, the meditation groups and you know having met all of you through that. That was definitely like a scratching at the door of something, of curiosity. And, and I definitely feel like this last year has been a year of discovery and adventure and which is going to sound weird compared to where I started, which was, God, I'm so uptight. But I think I am definitely much looser. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'm, I'm much, I'm more loosened up than I was a year ago, which still says something, actually, because I think there's so much further to go. But I definitely feel much more okay about letting go of some stuff. I think this time last year I was working full time in my job and then I changed that to part time and then I resigned and you know I'm leaving in 17 days to explore unknown territory which at the moment is 
like space, a void. So yeah, I'm looking forward to Andrew's podcast on how to be self-employed, uh, which we still need to make happen. And Nick's Slutty Monk podcast. I think we should have Hopecast Productions and start our own little channel, our own little studio. Um, and so yeah, so I'm I'm kind of excited for what might happen in the next year because I genuinely don't know. And and I'm quite pleased, quite pleased. I'm really fucking pleased about being in a place where I I can do that and have a bit of a take a bit of a leap of faith in myself because people have done that all through my life. That you know I think I've been very lucky that people have had faith in me to do stuff and. And it's about time to have faith in myself to do that for me. So yeah, I mean, I, I genuinely don't know what the next year will be like. Hopefully, good. But I'm kind of open to, yeah, I'm open to whatever it brings. One of the things that we've really focused on in this space, and this podcast is about hope. And I wondered if we might give each other a gift of hope for the coming year. And so, uh, so the way it would work is we could, one person will start and choose someone and offer them something that they hope for that person. And then that person chooses the next one. Then that person chooses the next one until we've been round our little circle, sharing a bit of hope. And I won't go first because I will cheat, but you can only do it for one person. And then that person chooses the next person. How about I jump in? Shall I go? Paul, I will offer something to you. So my hope for you is as you springboard into the void, as you say it, that um, you just stay open to the aliveness and excitement of what's unfolding and not worry about, oh gosh, what do I do next? And I hope you will look for and just wait for the intuitive next thing to arise. And in the meantime, just enjoy the unfolding and get to see what possibilities could arise. So I hope for you. Thank you. I love that. My hope for Anders is to have some form of exhibition of your work in a beautifully designed space and that we are all there for the opening of that that's my hope for you that's super exciting thank you wow i'll imagine that ah all right um my hope for Matthew is to really, really enjoy an even more amazing explosion of self-exploration and fulfillment than expected. That'll be legendary. <laughs> Thank you. I look forward to it. <laughs> Explosions. Um, Nick, my hope for you is that you gain an unwavering 
sense of stability in your home environment and have continued um, successes with relationships, whatever way, shape or form they take. And yeah, that. Thank you, Matthew. Um, so Oliver, um, yeah, my, my hope for you is, is that you just continue to, um, really put your roots down so strongly. And, uh, I know, um, you stepped back from the, uh, leading sessions recently, cause you were saying that work was developing and taking on more. Uh, demand. So I hope that, you know, that's a way for you to really powerfully express yourself and um, connect with others and sort of share your gifts uh, with others and that that then comes back to you as an increased sense of your own self-worth and uh, power and, and what you have to offer others as, as a gift. Thank you, Nick. I love that. So yeah, sir. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be very intentional and, uh, and, and all of that. So I'm trying to figure out how to express the words in a way that makes sense. Um, So yeah, sir, I, um, the word I feel is expansion in the way that you see yourself, the way that you uh, take up space, the way that you allow yourself to be your full authentic self and being in a different place and exploring other parts of the world and just being able to open up like a flower almost, just allowing yourself to, um, I don't know, just to take more space. It, I just want to feel more, more Yasser, more Yasser. So I just hope that you are able to allow yourself to unfold in a way that you've never been able to before. Oh, you're so amazing. Whereas mine was just, oh, can we all have a holiday <laughs> to Amsterdam <laughs> and just make it happen? Everyone's like, oh. <laughs> please come that's visit. Why, but that's why I love this group. That feels like a really nice place to have a bit of meditation time. Nick, would you take us into our birthday meditation? Settling into a comfortable posture, feeling the weight of your body here coming into this soft animal of your body. Mm. Just noticing how easily do I feel at home here in my body. For some of us, it's as if we're an intelligence tethered in a balloon floating high above our physical form. 
and simply noticing noticing does my body feel like a foreign territory somewhere I have no passport to enter or does my body feel like my ground my base my home And so if you do notice that you feel as if you were floating above your body, then that is the first step in integration. Noticing the distance. And then again, bringing a curious attention to what can I feel? What brings me home to my body right now? Maybe I feel a sense of weight. Maybe I can feel my feet on the floor. Or I simply notice the sense of dissociation and the blankness in my body. And blankness is also a sensation. Noticing blankness is tuning in to where I have withdrawn from my home. So whatever you're noticing right now is right. It's informing you about how you are right now. You may be full of sensations in your body, feeling the weight, feeling the heaviness of your feet and the contact with the floor. Or you may be noticing a sense of your body feeling blank and numb, distant. And that's okay. Simply breathing in to whatever it is you're noticing right now. Breathing into this whole space of your body and if you can, imagining that you are bringing the breath all the way down into your fingertips and your toes as you breathe in. And breathing out, emptying, letting go of any effort. Breathing into your whole body. Breathing out. And bringing in a reflection from a Indian tradition, as you breathe in, simply saying in your heart, I am that I am. I am that I am.
And as you move on from this meditation, maybe having that sense that you can create from this space of emptiness and fecundity, this rich, organic space of being that is constantly ready to give birth. giving birth to however you need to express yourself in the world. And as we finish the meditation, maybe just looking ahead another year, And from this space of emptiness, allowing something to germinate, that sense of how might I be in a year's time? Who might I want to be? Trusting whatever shows up for you. And then from seeing that as a future self in a year's time, seeing that self being here next to you right now. And as you take a step forward, imagining that you embrace and become that expression of yourself in this moment. feeling how it would be to be that person right now. And then letting the meditation come to a close. Dissolving away again back into this present moment, feeling the weight of your body, the contact with the floor, noticing the sounds around you. Bringing some movement into the fingers and toes. And as you take a few long, slow, deep breaths, as you're ready, opening your eyes. It's beautiful.
Thank you, Nick. And thank you, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to a year of Hopecast. We've got lots more planned, but thank you for this first year. It's been such a joy knowing that anyone <laughs> listens, but knowing that everyone listens is even more amazing. So we hope you've found some uh, words of wisdom and wonder and laughter and all of that in this first year. Thanks for joining us on our birthday episode. You can get in touch with us at Hopecast Podcast on all the socials. You can, uh, well, I don't know, I've forgotten. God. Oh dear. Old age at one. What else can you do? Well, you can do all the socials. You can email us wwbd at hopecastpodcast.com. Very few people do, if anyone. So I don't know why we keep flogging this dead horse, but I like it. I think we need another What Would Buddha Do? Someone out there must have some stuff they want us to talk about. Um, we'll be back with an extra cast, with a guest cast, with a solo cast. Uh, but for now, let's just say thank you to every single one of you who's listened in this first year of Hopecast. We'll see you again soon.